Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody in podcast land. I hope you're doing okay today. Here is episode number 703. And before we kick off properly, I just wanted to let the premium subscribers know that I've uploaded parts five and six of premium series 27, and you can now find them in the app and on the website. PDFs are available for both parts as usual. The episodes continue the error correction series, looking at a few errors, correcting them, and then using those errors as a jumping off point for some language practice with the usual vocabulary and grammar tips, plus some pronunciation drills. Essentially, what I'm doing there is not just correcting errors, but upgrading your English in various ways. If you'd like to access those episodes or you just want more information about my premium content, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, listeners. In this episode, you're going to listen to me talking to Wala Muma from Syria, who was the winner of the competition I launched at the end of last year. Just in case you don't remember or you haven't heard those episodes, the competition was called Why I Should Be on Luke's English Podcast, or WISPOLEP for short. I asked listeners to send in short recordings in which they explained why they should be on the podcast. And then I published the recordings and asked the audience to vote for the people they wanted to hear. The winner of that competition was Wala, and I'm trying to pronounce her name correctly. She has taught me how to do it. There's a little glottal stop at the end of the word. Wala. Anyway, so the winner of the competition was Wala by quite a large margin. And so I interviewed her last week. It was really great to talk to her. And I'm very happy to present this conversation to you in this episode. By the way, I'm also going to publish conversations with a few of the other people who entered the competition. Pretty much the top four or five runners up and those episodes will arrive slowly over the next few weeks or months. But Wala being the winner is the first person to be featured on the podcast. So let me tell you about Wala Muma, the competition winner. Um, Wala has a very interesting story, which she hinted at in her two-minute competition entry. It involves growing up in Syria during the time of the civil war, which, as you can imagine, was very hard for her and her family. We don't dwell on the conflict too much in our conversation, but you can imagine how difficult it was to be displaced from her home and to live with the uncertainty, danger and fear of war as an ever-present concern in her life. But despite these hardships, Wala doubled down on her studies, especially English, and emerged as something of a success story, academically, but also in terms of the real-world skills of being able to use English for communication, which she managed to develop. 
Wella is now living in England and is studying a master's degree in teaching English to speakers of other languages at Warwick University, and she's absolutely loving it. I went into our conversation wanting to find out all about Wala's story, how she dealt with the challenges I mentioned, and how she got her English to be as good as it is today. I'm always inspired by people's language learning stories. They show us that people can really improve if they put their heart into it and take certain steps to make it happen. I really hope that you can take some inspiration from this episode, as well as pick up a few specific practical tips for how to improve your English on your own. So I'll just stop talking now and I'll let you listen to my conversation with Whisperlet competition winner Wala Muma from Syria. And here she is. So, hello, Wala. Hello, how are you doing? Fine, how are you doing? I'm doing amazing. I mean, since I'm talking to you, I sh- I must be very happy. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> I, hope, I hope so. Anyway, yes. Congratulations on winning the competition. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I want to thank the people who voted for me wholeheartedly because they gave me this chance and I'm so happy for it. Well, you deserve it. Oh, thank you. You're in uh, you're in England at the moment, aren't you? Are you in Warwick? Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm in Coventry, but at the University of Warwick. Now, I, I'm going to ask you about your life story, uh, Walla, in this conversation. I'm going to ask you about growing up, yeah. um, the, the sort of hardships that you've experienced um, and learning English and then ultimately like coming to, to the UK and studying for a master's and stuff. Yes. Uh, before we do that, I just want to ask you what life is like in England. Is it, what's it like living in like Coventry or Warwick or Warwickshire? Oh yes, actually it's been always my dream to come to, come to the UK and study here. But um, there are lots of things that are not normal, let's say, because of the COVID-19 things. So I was expecting myself to go and visit lots of places and explore different things in the UK. But because of the COVID, I have to stay indoors. But I'm enjoying like a walk in the evening every now and then because the University of Warwick is so rich uh, with beautiful greeny places. And I can walk to nearby places like Kenilworth, Leamington Spa, even the city centre of Coventry. Um, I love the weather. So many yeah. people complain about the weather, but I love it because I love like cold weather, rainy. I don't mind if it rains all the time. I love this. What do you think about the weather? <laughs> well, um, I I don't mind. You know, I don't mind. What I don't like, what I don't like in England is the winter. The winter can be very long. It can be very dark and cold and a bit miserable. Some people think it's dreary, but for me, you know, I think like it's romantic and it gives me like time to think about myself and enjoy this. That's wonderful. That's so nice to hear. And it actually reminds me of some of the students I used to meet from like the Arab speaking world. Um, from various places and they were always the ones who would say no we love the weather it's amazing I love it when it rains and I'm just like yes <laughs> I mean one of my friends told me I mean he was in love with the rainy weather and stuff when he was in Syria but when he came to the UK he told me no he stopped loving that and he said the same case will be with you but now I've been here for like almost four months but I'm still in love with this 
uh, weather. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's music to my ears. It really is. Um, <laughs> uh, are you on your own? Basically, did you just come to England on your own? Oh yes. Um, there are lots of other people who are selected to this scholarship I am in, but we live in different buildings. I live in, on campus, like student accommodation. So I got to meet new people. And luckily, I don't know, I think it's a good thing that I live with people from different countries and I don't have any Arabs with me. So I'm exposed to new cultures right now. I have like in the same building I live in, friends from Indonesia, Russia, China, Britain, and and Italy as well, or Germany as well. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, lots of cultures. So I'm learning a lot from them. At the beginning, it was difficult because, you know, you don't know how to express yourself. You don't know if you said something and it was not acceptable by the other person. And then you need to, you know, mind the way you speak. But now I'm learning a lot from them. And it's an enriching experience because you, I mean, we are, we people need to grow. And this happens when we connect and communicate with people from different cultures and different countries, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Wow. So you're getting a real international, a fully international experience with all these yes. other people. Have you had a chance to actually sort of hang out with any British people very much? Um, um, actually, I have a friend called Katie. So I'm saying hi to Katie. She's from Coventry and she's with me in the same course. So she takes me like before the tier five um, in, in Coventry, she took me to the city centre of Coventry and she started telling me stories about the historical places in Coventry, like the cathedral and the statue of Lady Godiva and the story about the peeping tom and everything. And every time she takes me in a tour, like to Kenilworth, where there's like a very old castle, she would tell me stories. So this is amazing because sometimes you see people who know the area, but they don't have lots of things to tell about the history right yes but she's so knowledgeable she's amazing and uh, I'm learning from her a lot of things I mean although I studied English literature in Syria when I came to England it's different like the, the actual everyday life is different so getting in contact with real British people teaches me lots of things yeah. yeah, it's the best way. It's, it can be difficult to find people to, to make friends with, but uh, yes. when you do, it's brilliant. It's like scratching below the surface and, and all that sort of thing. Oh, yes. So you're hanging out in like Leamington Spa and Coventry and, and Warwick and places like that. That's, that's pretty much where I grew up. I, I think I knew once, maybe from the email you sent to me. Yes, I think probably. Yeah, so I, I went to college in Leamington Spa for a year. Mm-hmm. And I, I lived down the road in, um, well, I won't say exactly where it is, but it's sort of on the border between Warwickshire and Solihull. And yeah, it's, I love that part of the world. So, all right, now, <clears throat> well, this is where I read out a paragraph of text that I wrote earlier <laughs> as, <laughs> as a sort of second introduction sort of thing. But it won't be 15 minutes long, I promise. Okay. So, so voila, you're someone who's, and by the way, am I saying your name correctly? Because whenever I say your name, it sounds like a French word. Oh, okay. Okay, let me tell you about my name. It's Wella, and it ends with a glottal sound. Uh, so it's Wella. Wella. Yes. Wella. And Wella means loyalty. Ah, oh, that's nice. 
you. Voila. Like that? Oh, yes. Voila. Okay. Uh, okay, good. So, voila. No, that's not how it, that's not it. Voila. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. So, voila. You are someone who's grown up in a very complex situation, I think. I mean, yeah. I don't know everything about your life. I'm just basing all of this on the, what is it, the one minute or two minute recording you sent. But a, a complex situation, you've faced many challenges, you've faced setbacks, hardships, and yet you have managed to emerge as a successful, positive an inspiring young woman. It sounds cheesy now. <laughs> <laughs> but you've had various academic successes, including the fact that you graduated as a top student and then you won a coveted scholarship, which I think led you to study um, at Warwick University. That's so I'd like, to, I'd like to know about your story. I'd like to know about your life experience and how you managed to improve your English to its current level. Okay, so okay. I mean, where should we start? Well, I mean, where did you grow up? I grew up in Syria, and just for the people who do not know where Syria is, it's located in southwestern Asia, in the Middle East, on the shore of the Mediterranean Sea. It's a very beautiful country. I grew up in the capital, which is Damascus, and it's a very old city, one of the oldest cities in the Middle East. And in the heart of Damascus, there's an old town, which is a place that I love and adore, so it's a beautiful country and it's full with history and um, exoticism. <laughs> and um, everything was all right in Syria. It's been like a lovely life before 2011, because in 2011, the war was launched and lots of people needed to flee the country and others were displaced. I myself was displaced for like kind of three months and also at one point I lost lots of loved ones in Syria and that really affected my study because the war started when I was in my ninth grade and that was very difficult because sometimes like before the the final exams I would be told that maybe I will not have that chance to go and um, you know, have my exams because of the war and things. And then the next day I discovered that, oh, now I can go. So you feel that there are lots of contradictions that you can't understand. And yes. you would be expecting that at any moment you might, you yourself might, might, you know, die or lose some of your close ones. So it's very difficult at that stage, but I needed to be very strong so I remember the difficulties. I mean, the, the the difficult time was when I was displaced because at that point it was the first time I leave my area and I was the kind of person who's not really used to connecting with lots of people. But to be honest, that was like a, a double-edged sword or thing. Mm. It was negative, but at the same time was positive because it gave me a chance to connect with people and, you know, make some new friends. And... Oh. <laughs> you, you just heard me go <gasps> as oh, if yeah. I was about to start a question. Sorry, carry on. I always do that, but I was going to say something, but okay. you hadn't finished. So do continue, please. Thank you. So uh, that was a critical sta stage in my life. And then when I came back to my area, I was in high school and in Syria, the high school it's a, is a critical 
age in any student's life because it decides which faculty you're going to study in. So there are lots of pressure and stress and you feel that you need to do the more than 100% in order to be satisfied. So I was working very hard because I wanted to study English at university. When you say you were displaced, can you give us an idea of what that really means. So you were living in Damascus. I was living in Damascus, which is yeah. in the, the capital. And I and I needed to move to the countryside of Damascus because the area was not really safe because of the war. So right. I needed to move to another area. So everything was closed in my uh, original area. Schools and, and everything, almost everyone left. So I moved to a different area. And there we didn't have a house of our own. We didn't have like, my family didn't have like stable job or anything. And I was just a student and I'm the eldest amongst my siblings. So it was difficult in terms of like, you feel all the time that you're in tension and you are under pressure. And at the same time, you need to study and you need to socialize. And at that stage, I was thinking, oh, I don't want to continue my study because I think I'm going back home in a couple of days. And then the couple of days became a couple of months. And, you know, so that didn't uh, last for a short period of time. It was long and I needed to, to go on. Otherwise, I think at this stage, I would have been a girl who achieved nothing in her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so much uncertainty. Okay, so you were displaced for a, for a number of months, and you you then did come back to your home. Yes, you? yes. Okay, was that then a bit more normal, or was it still a kind of dangerous um, period? Um, it was safer uh, in terms of security and things, but at the same time, lots of things were you know destroyed. So the just like seeing the the places that were hit hurt the eyes but in terms of like being safe it was safer yes and uh, I went back to normal I started my high school at that stage so we're talking about age what kind of age is this 16 or something Mm, 18-ish okay all right so you started high school at that age and what condition was your English in at that moment oh at that time yeah. Um, I couldn't speak English, actually, because this is something that I'm working very hard to, which is raising people's awareness towards the importance of English. Because at that stage, I didn't speak English. I think I would count the name of the names of songs that I knew at that stage. So it's like my English was so poor. I could read text in English, like as a normal school student, I could get high marks in terms of grammar and everything. But when it comes to the real communication skills, like, you know, talking to someone or listening to something and understanding it, I didn't have any kind of that skill, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what changed then? I mean, how did you get from that to where you are now in terms of your English level? Was there a, a, a eight, that's 18 years old as well. It's only four years ago, isn't it? Mm, yes. It's only four years ago. So what <laughs> what, what went, happened? What went stuff? right? Yes. Um, at that stage, I decided I want to study English at university because I love English, but I didn't know at that stage that English is more than grammar. English is more than a textbook. 
I didn't know that when I was a high school student.、Mm. So I used to get full marks. I got a full mark in my final exam in my high school, and based on that thing, I was able to apply for the English language and literature department at Damascus University. But I didn't know that English is more than that. So、um, my department was mainly about literature. So it's not grammar. It's not just language. Like literature, plays, and novels and things. And the lecturers were speaking all the time in English, and I was shocked at that stage because I didn't know that I was required to understand everything that's being, you know, conversed and said in English. I didn't know how to express my opinion, so like I can't understand, and I can't make myself understood. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? So, <laughs>、um, you went to. University and you studied lit- English. What was it? Sorry, English language and literature. And literature yeah. yeah. Okay. And at that point, so what was your level of English? Would you say?、Mm, um, the thing is that when you make a place, when you do a placement test in Syria, they do, most of the places they don't test your speaking skill. Interesting、mm-hmm. <laughs> skill. So I don't know what my level was. I had a full mark in my high school, but this has nothing to do with with, with whether or not you um let's say um you can actually be a good student in in that department. So that doesn't a full mark in your high school doesn't、uh, make sure that you would be doing okay at university. What you mean to say that a, a full mark doesn't mean that that much in terms of your Actual English skills—is that what you mean? Exactly, exactly. Okay. Because in, I mean,、uh, at,、um, at school we're only tested in like reading texts and answering some questions and grammar. That's it. But you might listen to something and not understand it. And if you're asked to talk about yourself, I would say at that stage, my name is Wala. That's it. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it was very difficult at that stage. So, so there you were. You 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 were chucked in at the deep end with your university course, where you were expected to read literature and、yeah. listen to lecturers、um, going on in English.、Um, it was a you- paradox. It was、yes. a paradox. Like I know deep inside that I was one of the top students in my high school and got a full mark in English, and I'm expecting myself to be wow the nerd of my cohorts at uni, and then boom, I don't understand anything. And the others? Did the others understand? Because were they not the same as you? Were they just high school students who, who got good marks and then suddenly, ah,、uh, oh god? Yes, most of the students had the same the, the same situation. That's why a lot of them decided to either quit or、uh, enroll in a different department or something like that. So they stopped attending lectures because attending lectures in my department is not a must; it's not mandatory. Right,、mm-hmm. so lots of them decided not to attend lectures, but in my case, I would try. So I was like, "Oh, I need to work harder. I need to attend, even though I might not be understanding everything, but I'll try." So I tried and tried and tried and tried to write, for example, the、uh, headlines of everything that I'm studying, the main points, the main ideas. So even though I was not really able to understand the full details. I managed to understand or get the gist, you know.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the head of the department, I remember her very well. Her name is Dr. Rima Al Hakim, and I love her so much. She told all the students, like,、um, do listen to English. Listening is the key. 
download some podcasts from like BBC Learning English and develop the habit of listening. Listen daily. It would be very difficult at the beginning, but later on it becomes easier and easier. And you will feel that you're imp improving and developing your skills fast. So I listened to her and started to download lots of podcasts. In Syria, there's traffic jam and uh, streets are busy all the time. So I was downloading podcasts. And instead of wasting my time, uh, you know, hours in the bus, I would be plugging my earphones and listening to podcasts while going to university and coming back home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why not use that time for something useful? Yes, use it wisely. So I was listening and at the beginning it was difficult because I was as if listening to gibberish. <laughs> yeah, gibberish, yeah. Yes, but then but then it became it became like a habit. I feel the thirst for knowledge, like to listen more, as if it's like an ocean that I need to drink, like drop every drop of it. So Yeah, it became like a habit and um, I was so enthusiastic about it. And now like when I listen to people who speak in English, I feel like it's like a musical rhythm that I want to listen to more and more and more and more. That's very beautiful. <laughs> yes. What were you listening to? The BBC's uh, Six Minute English, something like that? Yeah, Six Minute English, because I had like a kind of a technique for doing that. I would first listen to the a voice record in full, mm -hmm. even if I didn't understand anything. So I would listen once, twice, three times, and then I would read the transcript. So I won't look for the individual words at the beginning. No, I give myself some time to focus on listening skills, and then I would move to the actual transcript and, and see the words and listen again and try to, to read like my eyes are following the words while I'm listening to that voice record so I can see the word and have it in my visual memory, right? Mm -hmm. And look for the new words as well. So that was really good. And then she, the, same, the same doctor, Dr. Reem Al-Hakim, advised us to apply a technique called shadowing. It's based on you listening to someone and trying to copy the way they speak. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. while I'm listening to a podcast or a voice record, I would try and I would be trying to imitate the native speaker, like speak in the same pace, the same pronunciation, rhythm, intonation and everything. So this will help uh, the listener develop um, a better, like better speaking skill because you're trying to speak like natives do. Yes. Yes. And this I've is been great. chatting this is great. with you recently. So you've been shadowing me recently? Yes. When oh, I really? knew about Luke's English podcast, I even advised my the people who follow me on Facebook to listen to and shadow you afterwards. Thanks a lot. <laughs> what <laughs> yes. have you, I wonder what you've been shadowing. Like, what have I been saying? What have you been saying too? Um, anything, anything. I would just play the voice record and try to imitate. I remember a very special podcast Um, where, uh, okay, okay, I, I need to tell you something first. Uh, <laughs> I was using an app for practicing English and I met a girl in her 70, she, she's in like, she's 17 years old. She's from Algeria. And she told me, well, that was in 2020. She told me there's a British podcast. It's called Luke's English Podcast. And it's amazing. You have to listen to it because I was shocked with the English level she's got. I thought she's British. 
And then I knew that she's never been to the UK and she's been just like following you and listening to your podcasts. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. Hello, hello, 17 year old Algerian girl. Maybe you're not 17 anymore, but hello. (laughs) She loves you. And, and yes, so she told me about the podcast and when I listened, I was like, oh my God, and started uh, listening to the podcast right from the first one. And then there was one episode in which you were saying, you might be listening to me right now, wondering, how didn't I know about this podcast before? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So that bit was my favorite. I would repeat it over and over again. I was like, wow, Luke, you could, you could know this a long time. You could predict that some, at some point in time, someone would be listening to you and regret not having the opportunity or the chance to know about you in the past. You know, that's one of the most common things that people say to me. They write to me and they say, I've just found your podcast on Spotify. And I've just realized you've been doing this for like nearly 12 years. And then they say, oh, I've, you know, I'm, I'm um, devastated or gutted that I couldn't uh, discover you earlier. Um, yeah. yeah, it must be quite a common thing. But uh, oh, I'm glad. I'm very, very glad, um, Wella, that I actually... Uh, got through to you there because that's what I'm always trying to do, especially in the, in the early part of an episode. I really just want to grab someone's attention. I just really want to kind of like, Hey, you, you know, like put my hand through the internet and grab someone by the lapels and go, are you actually listening? Um, But uh, it works apparently because you were listening. Yes. And I would be happy because like your podcasts are very entertaining. You don't just feel that they're informative and that's it. No, you enjoy, you find them interesting, you laugh, you you just like feel it. And also you get to know more about cultural things and about what's happening around in the world. So it's it's interesting and informative at the same time. Well, that's the plan. Thanks. Um <laughs> Okay, so you're you sort of like 18, 19, starting to um, get used to all the English that you were being exposed to at university, and you're yeah. starting to use podcasts based on the advice that you got. So did you find after doing these exercises, and it was, it's very impressive that you basically said to yourself, right, I'm going to do this, and I'm thirsty for knowledge, and you looked at the ocean, and you thought, I will drink this. Um, yes. And in fact, not only that, you thought, I want to drink this, I'm, I can't wait to, to consume all of this. Um, was there a point when things started to feel different in terms of, you know, your English abilities? Yes, actually, towards the end of the second semester, uh, in my first year, a lot of, of colleagues of mine started to ask me, well, are you enrolling in like private classes or something like that? Because they felt that I'm improving. At that stage, I was brave enough to participate in lectures and speak, although I was not that fluent, right? Mm-hmm. And my pronunciation was not that good. But I had that courage to try because if you don't try, you never know. Mm. And at that stage, I was convinced that my English is excellent and I want to participate. I didn't know the troubles I was having at that point. Oh, you didn't even know. Yes, Uh, I uh, didn't know. I thought like my English is great. But now (laughs) at this stage, when I compare some voice records of me, like in the past and now I could see the troubles and problems that I couldn't see at that stage. But that was good because it was always pushing me forward 
to study more and learn more and improve myself. Like some other colleagues of mine were just like laughing at me, you know, and giggling and say, oh, her English is poor and she's trying to participate. She's not embarrassed or something like that. I would hear them, but I would be, okay, okay, I'm exerting my efforts. No, you're jealous. That's why you're saying that. <laughs> this is really interesting because if we use you as a case study, yeah. then this, this is sort of interesting from a psychological point of view that you weren't really affected by um, like what other people thought. Yes. And uh, look, my, my lecturers were supportive because I remember it happened lots of times where lecturers asked for someone to do a presentation. So I would volunteer and they would support me saying, wow, well, you did great, you did a great job. And that was empowering. And that taught me the great role of teachers. They play a great role in supporting in either motivating or demotivating students. Yes. So at that stage, I was inspired to, to be a real good teacher because this would change someone's whole life forever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, when, okay, here's a question. Uh, if you, so when you listen back to those recordings of yourself from a few years ago and you yeah. think, oh my, oh, my English wasn't so good then, but I, I didn't know. If you'd known then that your English was by your current standards, not that great. How do you think that would have affected you? I think it would would have been negative. Uh huh. Especially that I was I was listening to people like criticizing me and things like that. But I was telling myself, oh, because they're jealous. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but if let's if let's say you had met your your older self and your yeah. older self had said, oh, um, voila. Uh, we've got some things to to fix here with your English. So you're, you're saying this and you're not saying that correctly. You need to say it like this or that's wrong. That's wrong too. Here's how you fix them. Do you think yeah. that, do you think that the younger version of you would have been positively or negatively affected by, by that intervention? To be honest, I, I think it would have been negatively affected. That's yeah. why, look, you touched upon a very important and critical thing. That's why when deep inside I think about it, I know that lots now there are lots of people who are similar to my older version and they're aware that they're not really good. But now I want to motivate these people to let them know that you can. You know what I mean? Yes, so even if you know that your level is not really good, it means that you're working hard because, because I told you in my high school, I couldn't speak a full sentence. But later on, although my pronunciation was terrible and things like that, I was trying. So this means that there's, there was some kind of progress or improvement. So we always need to look at the half full glass, not the half empty. Mm-hmm. I agree. Part. All right. So your English then, did it just develop kind of on its own or did you get, I know you were doing a language and, and literature course, but yeah, did you receive any kind of feedback? How did you mm-hmm. know when you were doing something wrong or right? Uh, t- to be honest, my actual study, the modules and things, most of them were related to, to literature. So that has nothing to do with improving my actual skills. But there was one module about British phonetics and that was my favourite because I learned the sounds. So at that stage, I started to know that, oh, well, you should, you know, it changed the way you speak. And then 
that was really good because uh, when I was listening to podcasts, I wouldn't, for example, know why the British are dropping dropping the R in that word and pronouncing it in a different word. But after I learned the phonetics, I started to know why they do that. Why they insert, for example, a linking R when saying the idea is instead of saying the idea is. Yes. So when I learn about these things and I listen to a book, to um, a voice record and see the transcript, I could see and know and tell how words are being connected, what happens in rapid speech, why people speak this way, why they would reduce the vowel in that word and things like that. That's very interesting. Uh, This is phonetics, though, which is great. You know, every road leads to the same destination in in terms of language learning. But what about your grammar and your vocabulary and stuff? You said before that you made lots of mistakes and things like that. And and you don't seem to do that now. So (laughs) how? Is that just from exposure? Or were you actually doing... Well, wait a minute. You did do formal studying before. You had your background in grammar from, from school. Yeah. I'm just trying to work out like how did you how did this happen? It's not just surely not just from listening to podcasts and listening to people and reading literature and studying phonetics. Where did the grammar and vocab and all that accuracy come into? Yeah, actually, th- there is another technique that I used to follow and that was as well important and that was recording my voice and every like one two months I'll have a different goal. The thing is that Luke maybe Um, my accuracy in terms of grammar is excellent when it comes to me reading something. Like I know what is right, what is wrong in terms of, what do we call it? Prescriptive grammar, Mm -hmm. right? But when I want to apply it, I might not really apply it the right way when I speak. But if I record my voice and then listen to it, I can spot the mistakes. Mm -hmm. So I used to record my voice for like, let's say for the coming three months, I would say I would focus on fluency, even though I might be making so many mistakes. My focus right now is just fluency. Mm -hmm. And then for the next three months, I would focus on using like a variety of words, vocabulary and things like that. And the next time I would focus on grammar. So every three months I would set a new goal and then repeat. But when I record my voice, it's not just enough to listen to the voice record. You need to focus on the mistakes that you made and why you made them so that you try to avoid them. So giving myself a chance of three months to focus on grammar, for example, I would make that mm, regular. So for example, I would and enforce myself to talk about general topics. So I know that in, vo- in these voice records, I'm using present simple tense. Mm. So everything I'm using has to be in simple present tense. Mm-hmm. And then continue the same way. And then it happens. Like when you practice and you talk to people using different apps and continue and recording your voice and listening to it, spotting the mistakes and try to avoid them in future records you you get it. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, you literally taught yourself, it seems. Oh, yeah. Thank you. So these voice recordings that you would do, mm-hmm. how often would you do them? I record myself every day. Even still, now, I shadow. 
You're still doing it. Yes. Yes. And it's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. So if you record yourself for like two minutes, you listen to it and try to repeat it again. So you take maximum 15 minutes every day, but it's consistent, then it's better. Right. Yes. Yes. Wow. Wow. Really great. And in parallel with that, with me improving myself, I was aware that other colleagues of mine needed some kind of support and to know what I was doing. So I created groups on Facebook for all different cohorts in the English department. I was helping them till I graduated. And then, you know, it feels great to hand on the torch. So the people whom I helped started to help new cohorts, new generations. And this is something to point out at this point, which is although Syria is going through a very difficult time and harsh war, the Syrian people are so strong and they love life. They're kind, they're helpful, and they're so strong. They they are ambitious. They always have dreams and things to fulfill and achieve. And I was one of them. And there are lots of people like me and even better than me in Syria. This is a really great story. Um, I feel like I'd like to continue talking to you about, let's see, tell me about your studies when you were in Syria, you did the the language and literature course. What were you reading in your literature classes? Yeah, it was like, I had lots of modules, so I would be having short stories, novels, plays. I I even had a full module about Shakespeare, and um, it was interesting. But to be honest, literature is not my favourite. I love it to enjoy myself, but not as a career. So I was focusing more on the modules that have to do with language, like linguistics, semantics, phonetics, sociolinguistics, psycholinguistics, and things like that. These were my like my favourite and the teaching-related modules. You're sort of a, lang- a language geek, really. Yes, <laughs> I like this word, geek. Yeah, so that's why, Luke, I was trying to really enhance my teaching skills. So while I was a student... I was teaching private classes or even in summer holiday, I would teach in a private institute or things like that. And I actually started my own project in 2017. It was English with Wella channel on Telegram, right? Mm -hmm. And everything I learned about phonetics, I taught it in that channel. So I made a set of voice records about everything I learned about British phonetics. In yeah. order to, you know, spread the knowledge because, I mean, there's nothing greater than spreading knowledge and giving everything you know to other people to help them grow. Because it's, it's, it's lovely when we grow together, when you grow alone, it's, it's, it's sad. We should give a helping hand to each other. So yeah. I was doing that. And that was very helpful in, 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 you know, polishing my leadership skills and networking skills as well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that someone who is not a language geek can, can do it too? Well, if they can just like listen to English and apply shadowing on a daily basis, I reckon they can. Mm -hmm. But it has to be consistent. So if they listen for like 
five minutes and they make like they do shadowing for one to two minutes max but over months they can see the gradual improvement <clears throat> right yes 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 and the most important thing that has ever happened to me was that since I was a second year student I always had that passion that I want to pursue my high studies in the UK and everyone would laugh at me saying you want to pursue your higher studies in the UK ha <laughs> yes it's like it's very expensive I mean no and even like most rich people can't can't afford coming to the UK and study here but to me it was like um it was a case that I want to defend it was a passion it was my passion my dream so I wor was working very hard to fulfill that passion so I knew that there was um there is a scholarship called Chevening. it's supported by the British government Usually 50,000 people apply every year from different parts of the world and they select something like 1,200, 1,300 applicants. Mm. So I was doing everything it takes to, to get it and pursue my studies and, and get to my passion. And that's why I was looking for the eligibility criteria since I was an undergraduate student and I got the experience required Uh, to meet the criteria and uh, with improving my English and focusing on what I really want to do in the UK as a course. And I found that everything that I've been doing is related to teaching English. That's why when I graduated, I applied to um, Tubening Scholarship. And the year that I applied, I applied in late, um, late 2019 And I was selected um, along with 1,300 applicants from 60,000 applicants. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm the youngest Tuvna in, in, um, in the co Syrian cohort that I applied because usually those who get it are older in age. But my case was special because I had the experience while I was a student because usually graduates don't have experience. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So I the, the toughest time in my life was the moment I graduated. Because when I graduated, at the same time, I was applying to the scholarship and I was applying for a master's course in Syria, just in case. So if I had, if I don't get this scholarship, I would be pursuing a master's course in Syria. And at the same time, applying for teaching ESP, English for Specific Purposes, at the Faculty of Pharmacy. So doing all of this, like handling different stuff, like juggling lots of things juggling in my plate so mm -hmm. um what happened i was accepted in master's course in syria and i started the first year <laughs> and in <laughs> parallel with that i was teaching esp at the faculty of pharmacy as the youngest lecturer in in the in damascus university at damascus university And after I finished the first year, imagine the process of applying to Chevening took me one whole year. Yeah. So after I finished the first year of teaching at the Faculty of Pharmacy and getting the experience and everything in one year of, of applied linguistics master's course in Syria, I was selected for a Chevening scholarship. Congratulations. Thank you. What, what was the process? Did you have to do an interview or anything? 
Oh, yeah, I actually wrote the dates so that you just get a flavor about how patient someone has to be. <laughs> so in August 2019, I applied. And in 14 February, I was shortlisted for an interview. And 19th of March, I had an interview. The 15th of June, I was conditionally selected. And in 10th of August, uh, 2020 I, w I got my final award letter and on the 28th of September I traveled to the UK so one whole year of of like being patient and wait all the time and it was it was not easy because I was looking for something and if that thing doesn't happen I had a plan b to do in Syria it was not easy at all <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, you've applied yourself so well, just three different backup plans, well, two backup plans and the main plan, which finally came through. But yeah, a whole year. I suppose like the, the main one is like from August to February. That's such a long wait after sending in your initial application. Maybe, well, they did receive 60,000 plus applicants. So yeah. they probably had a lot of work to do. I wonder how big their office is. Yeah. Um, Okay. And then, um, so then the big day arrived, the day that you had to travel to the UK. Had you left Syria before? Oh, actually, I left it only once to Lebanon when I applied for my visa. Really? <laughs> yes. Because in Syria, we don't have like, um, like a lot of embassies are closed in Syria. So I needed to travel to Lebanon to apply for my visa. That was the only time I left Syria. And to me, it was like, oh, I love, I love Syria. I love the Syrian people. I love my family. So I felt like, oh God, it was just like one day, but I wanted to come back to my country. And um, now every now and then I feel homesick, but I know that what, what I'm doing is, is my passion. Like it's the thing I am living for. And it was not easy. Like getting this scholarship happens like rarely and uh, it was not easy. And even the university I applied to, it was not like a random thing. It took me months in choosing three different options as university choices and Warwick is by far my favorite and four of my lecturers graduated from here and two of them were the ones who wrote me my recommendation letters I send them hi Dr. Amani Al-Fakhra my favorite I love her and Dr. Mais Azan as well so um, like I came to Warwick and I have ideas pre-existing ideas in my mind about how the University of Warwick looks so the first moment I landed in the airport and I found people speaking in English I felt like I'm in a movie wow everyone is speaking English <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So even the driver like when he was speaking in English I was like god you speak beautiful British English and he was <laughs> he thought maybe there's something wrong with me or something like that <laughs> yeah. oh that's lovely so you're doing masters in TESOL. That's teaching English uh, to English. speakers of other languages. Yes. Okay. So this is a teaching qualification. Is it a one-year course? Oh yes, it's um, it's a full-time course. Okay. And so, what is what's the plan? Back to Syria when you're finished, or or something else? Or actually, I would love to get a PhD scholarship. Because if I want to be a lecturer at Damascus University, which is my big dream, mm. I can't do this unless I have um, 
a PhD degree. Oh, are you going to do a PhD then? Yes. Um, I'm, I'm planning to do that. I'm writing a proposal and I need to apply for different scholarships and see how it goes. Okay, that's great. What are you doing at the moment in the MA then? What's what's the current project you're working on in your MA, in your teaching um, in in my first term, there are lots of modules. Each module has an assignment, but they teach us about different things like spoken interaction, written discourse, and then about how these are related to teaching, how they, these can qualify you to become a better teacher. And we did like a project. In my innovation course, I did a project about like an innovative thing related to the experience I had in the in teaching ESP at the Faculty of Pharmacy. So that was like a, a plan that I can develop if I went back to teach ESP. Okay. And now in my second term, the every module, I mean we it's just like the second week in my second term. Oh, and is it? we will be working on uh, different projects. Every module has a different thing, right? So this, mm-hmm. this term, I'm taking modules that are related to teaching young learners, teaching and researching young learners. Mm-hmm. I'm taking this just for a personal sake, like for my children in the future, not for teaching career. Yes. And uh, modules related to designing curricula. And here I'm going to be doing something that's very innovative. I haven't told you, in 2019, I created my big project, which is English with Wella, but this time on Facebook. And now I have over 66,000 followers. And I want to do in my project in this module, I want to do something that would be like making videos that are educational, but they're related to a certain project I'll be doing for that module. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, because you can, yeah, specifically make videos based on on the things you're doing at the moment. Yes. 60,000. That's amazing. That's great. How many do I have? I'm just checking. How many people, how many people follow my Facebook page? And they love you, by the way. Do they? That's yes, nice. Because I, I said, like, I post things. The other day I posted something like, do you know, guys, what makes me happy these days is listening to Luke's English podcast before I sleep and make some shadowing. And they would ask, what is shadowing? Who is Luke? And things like that. And oh. um, and when I a- actually told them about the competition, they were like, whoa, we love you. We'll support you. I love them. Because when you love people, they love you back. When you show them care, they show you care. When you support them and you really, really care about helping them and spreading awareness towards an important thing that would be helping them in, you know, getting a better future, they will help you when you need them. So when I told them about the competition, they were like, well, we got your back. We love you. This, this might account for the, um, you know, the fact you you took 50% of all the votes. But I, I think... I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. Look, like when you were saying... The results, I was like, what? <laughs> you really? You got 60,000 people on your Facebook page? I've got about 25,000 people who like or follow my, my page on, on Facebook. So it's um, far, 
far fewer than, than yours. But um, yes, that's, I don't know what people think when they know that you've got a Facebook page and that, you know, you, you encouraged your, your followers to vote for you. But um, I think that you deserve it fully. I, I, you know, I think yeah. we, you're a great teacher in the making and you've obviously got a very inspiring story. You're so devoted to uh, learning English and now teaching English. I can just tell. I mean, you, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you made it to Damascus University, uh, which I think would would be a good thing <laughs> for for Damascus, for Syria, for the world. Whoever's listening, right? So the people who work at Damascus University, because obviously they're listening to this because everyone listens to this, um, to give Wala a job, okay? <laughs> Obviously, it's going to be a good idea. So there you go. We all know. I didn't even need to say that. I mean, they've already written it down. They were like, yeah, well, I give Wala a job in a couple of years. Yeah, fine. We'll tick. We'll tick that one off the list. Um, you're very inspiring, Wala, and it's really great. Um is this it then you just, you just, is it just uh, Facebook and you had your telegram thing? You're not going to try and um, take over YouTube. Are you going to do a podcast or are you just going to focus on the, the master? Um, actually I started a YouTube channel, but I'm not really focusing on it that much because now I'm focusing on my study. Cause I know that my study will help me get a clearer idea and picture about how I can help my followers and people so I prefer to focus on my study right now and then see what I can do for my YouTube channel Mm -hmm. but I told you in parallel with my study I'll be doing projects in relation to my Facebook page now okay this is the plan so the focus will be on my Facebook page and yes it's English with voila on Facebook do you think anyone would would find your video content there um, to be interesting? Or do you have to be an Arabic speaker? Oh, well, the, uh, the person has to be an Arabic speaker. Uh-huh. What I do in my videos is that I make them like in a fun and funny way. So you laugh and things and you learn something. Sometimes I make a story in, in a written post. So you read it and you enjoy it and then boom, you learn something. But when I want to apply my project that's related to my university now, I have to make content only in English and I can write the translation in in Arabic. So I think the things that are related to my university project, my master's course project now, will be beneficial for even non-Arabic speaker. Okay. All right. So we can look forward to seeing that stuff arriving on your Facebook page. Uh, Really great to, to, to listen to you talking and, you know, best of luck with the MA and say hello to, to Warwick for me. May I say one last thing? Yeah. I just want to, to take this chance to send a message to the whole world and to the people who follow you that there are lots of ambitious and great people in Syria, just like me, or even better than me. And they're full of life and energy and passion to do lots of things. And I love these people and I love my country and I wish them a great, successful future because they deserve and I'll try as much as I can to help in the simplest things I was given. And I'm so happy, Luke, that you gave me this chance. And I thank the listeners because they gave me their time to listen, which is something that I value and appreciate. So thank you. Great. Really, really nice. Voila. Um, Wonderful. 
Thank you very much for talking to us. Pleasure. Uh, Thank you. Have a lovely day and keep in touch. Let let me know um, what's going on. Let me know if you get your PhD and, you know, and so on. I'd love to know. So do keep in touch. Inshallah, <laughs> hopefully. Okay. All right then. Well, for now, uh, bye-bye. Bye. So that was Wala. Can I say her name correctly? Wala from Syria. And I must say that it's been um, a pleasure to talk to her. She is energetic, positive, hardworking and generous and she has a lovely voice. So what's not to enjoy? It was also just very interesting to hear her talking about the ways she worked on her English in the past. Actually, I would like to point out again some of the things that Wala has done to improve her English. So here is a little summary Now, this is just what I picked up from talking to her. So forgive me for restating what's already been said, but I think it should be useful as a way of recapping the main points and just kind of giving some comments about um, Wala and the way she's improved her English. So first of all, she mixed different types of studying. She did study grammar and do more formal, perhaps old-fashioned types of language practice or language studying you know, the traditional, you know, kinds of grammar work that is often frowned upon these days. But I think that um, there's still a place for it. So anyway, she she did do some of that kind of uh, grammar work, let's say, or old-fashioned language studying. But she also did plenty of other stuff like authentic listening, shadowing, speaking, and things like that. I think this is a good way to get rounded skills, kind of covering all the bases. In terms of attitude, uh, Wala is ambitious and motivated, and I think this has helped her English. She wants to do well for herself, her family, and the people of her country. And I think this gives her a sense of purpose and drive, which is always important as a way to help you put in the time and effort required to improve your English. But as well as that, I think she's very curious and always interested in the English language. And I think for quite a long time, she worked on English just because it was interesting and fun for her. The language itself was what she wanted. It wasn't just a means to an end. It wasn't just a stepping stone to something else. Some people see English like that. It's just a means to an end. It's just something to attain, which will then let you get access to other things. I find that students who just want to study English for its own sake are the ones who do the best. Wala loves English. Also, she doesn't seem to be bothered about what others think of her too much. I'm sure she cares to a certain extent what others think of her, but I mean, she was basically willing to be a bit different and to break certain little social conventions, but in a totally harmless and actually very charming way. What am I talking about? Well, she had the initiative to speak during her lectures, even if she didn't really know how to do it, and her friends laughed at her a bit. She wasn't like so many students I've met who kind of blend in with the furniture and just sit in class quite passively. Voila, for some reason, uh, didn't do this. She took initiative, even if it meant appearing to be a bit different. Also, she took the initiative to shadow, which means listening to some audio and repeating it out loud. 
I think it's a little embarrassing for some people to speak out loud in a non-social situation, including when you're on your own, and shadowing, or just talking to yourself even, can feel a bit weird when you first do it. It's not the conventional way that people study, so a lot of people don't do it because it makes them feel slightly uncomfortable. But that's a pity because they miss out on the on the benefits of doing it. And another thing that Walla did was record herself, which, again, some people don't fancy doing um, or just don't do because it's not part of their routine. Also, uh, she listened a lot and continued to listen despite not understanding everything. So basically, don't give up, keep going. Most people will give up because they don't understand it all. But don't be one of those people. Keep listening. Keep trying to work out what is being said and tolerate the stuff you don't understand. And slowly but surely, you will understand more and more. And when you understand language, you learn it. Voila, listened and then checked transcripts and then listened again and so on. So find some audio with a script. Episodes of my podcasts with scripts, maybe, or other things like BBC Six Minute English, which has transcripts on their website, or in fact, any audio with a script. Listen to it, try to understand it, then check the script to see what words are actually being used, check them, if necessary, in an English-to-English dictionary, and then move on and do it again the next day and the next day and the next day. And it doesn't have to take ages. Just 10 or 15 minutes of that every day is great. As well as this, she also started shadowing the audio she was listening to, as I mentioned. She listened and repeated at the very same time, trying to just copy exactly what the speaker said and not having time to really think about it that much. I've spoken about shadowing lots of times on this podcast. Recently, dialect coach Jerome Butler mentioned it too. And, you know, another point to mention there is that while I didn't just pick any bit of audio, to practice with, she picked bits of audio that she really liked for some reason. Like, I think, you know, that that bit in one of the episodes of the podcast when I was talking about, uh, oh, I bet you feel, I bet you feel gutted that you never discovered this podcast before, something like that. Anyway, she really enjoyed that section of the podcast. And so that's what she chose to repeat, which is obviously a great idea because you're going to be really motivated to do it. Uh, Also, Walla recorded herself and then analysed her own English, fixing certain things as she went. Now, I love the way she focused on different things each time. So when she recorded herself speaking, she would just focus on being fluent and saying things without hesitation or pausing, or she might just focus on, um, you know, some other aspect. But then when she listened back, she used her grammatical knowledge to analyse and correct the English she used in her recording. This is a great idea. Work on different things at different times. When you practice your speaking, just try to be fluent and get your ideas out. Try not to worry too much about the grammar because that's going to block you. Don't worry too much about making mistakes, although obviously you've got to try to be accurate but don't let it block you. Focus on the fluency in your speaking practice. And if you're recording yourself, you can go back and kind of correct those things later and do it again and again. Okay, so do some speaking, perhaps on a topic or in response to some discussion questions, maybe record your speaking and focus on being fluent and communicative and then listen back and correct it. 
If you focus too much on being accurate and having perfect grammar when you speak, you won't really be able to speak properly. You'll be blocked by it. Maybe there's a part of the brain devoted to fluency. And this is what you need to exercise when you're doing speaking practice. Then use the, I don't know, other parts of your brain, the grammar part, to analyse and fix things that you got wrong during fluency work. This could be part of that shadowing that we talked about before, perhaps talking about the topic of the audio that you were shadowing earlier. So you could shadow me or someone else and then like talk on the same topic and record yourself and just try to focus on being fluent and getting the right rhythm and so on, getting your words out in the right kind of rhythm. And then when you listen back to the recording, like pick out the grammatical mistakes and 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 fix them and learn from your errors. Um, uh, Wala also focused on things she liked and that struck a chord with her. For example, that, as I said, that part of one of my episodes where I said, I bet you're annoyed that you never found this podcast before. I can't remember all the things I said in that moment, but it meant a lot to Walla, so she chose to repeat that part many times. And surprise, surprise, it had a much more profound effect on her English than just repeating things you don't really care about or just working on English in a kind of soulless way. Walla studied the phonemic chart and how it works including the various sounds in English and how they are made. Not just the individual sounds too, but the way that the sounds connect and are used in sentences and how words connect. You know, the whole sort of uh, pronunciation system in English. She studied it. So this is definitely worth doing because it allows you to understand the parameters of how English is spoken. Doing that allows you to start getting a more organised picture of how English is pronounced. It allows you to practice specific sounds and it generally raises your awareness of the way that speech happens. And this is very beneficial, not just in terms of improving the way that you speak, but also in your ability to understand others. And as a result, this can help your grammar and vocabulary too. So it all helps. It all goes into the mix. Um, I just want to say too that, <clears throat> hello, I've been telling you all to do those things for years in various episodes of this podcast, perhaps even since the very beginning of this um, this podcast. And if you needed proof that all those things are true, then I'm glad that Walla has basically provided a living example of it. Having said that, I don't want to make you feel bad if you're not doing those things. I don't want to, I don't want you to feel that I'm guilt tripping you into improving your English because I couldn't do that anyway. The point is, look, voila, did these things and they helped her. So why not give it a try too? But ultimately, everyone has to find their own way to improve their English. Everyone has to find the things that work for them. The main thing is to find the inspiration and motivation inside yourself and go with that, follow that, and then spend as much time with the language as you can. Also, don't compare yourself to others too much. Try not to feel bad if you observe others doing well. It's, it's, it's normal, I have to say. I mean, it's kind of normal human nature that we are competitive. But hopefully you can just get inspiration from other people and then apply it to your own learning. In any case, I would like to wish good luck to Walla. All the best for your studies and for whatever you choose to do next. 
So there we go. Right, everybody. I've got a few other Wispolep interviews lined up with runners-up in the competition. They'll arrive on the podcast over the next month or two. I'm not going to just upload them all in one go. There'll be a Wispolep person and then some other episodes and then another person and then some more episodes. So every now and then um, I'll publish, um, you know, conversations with other uh, competition runners-up. Um, so... By the way, if this episode was your kind of thing, talking to someone who's learnt English to a good degree, to a good level, if this episode was your kind of thing and you'd like to hear more conversations with successful language learners, in fact, with com- competitors in the Wispolep competition, if you want to hear more than just the handful of people I'm talking to uh, over the next few months on this podcast, then why not listen to Daniel Goodson's podcast, which is called My Fluent Podcast. Daniel is an English learner from Switzerland, and he's also a podcaster documenting his journey with English and also interviewing various interesting people who have a lot to say on the subject, including various members of what we are calling the Brave 85 Uh, those Lepsters who didn't make it into the final 16 of the competition. Daniel has been speaking to some of them and the interviews are really great. You really should listen to them. Tons of advice, insights and motivation for your learning of English and just some really great people to listen to. Um, Let's see, hold on. Who, Who has he spoken to? Which Lepsters has he spoken to? Let me just check. I've just Googled my fluid podcast. The first result is My Fluent Podcast episodes on myfluentpodcast.com. Here are some of the recent episodes. Come on, let's have a quick look. Okay, I think I think the first one that um I think the first one that Daniel spoke to was Hamid from Pakistan, who's got some really cool things to say. You gotta check out Hamid. He's brilliant. Also, listen to episode 84 of my Fluent Podcast, or should I call da- should I call it Daniel's Fluent Podcast, um, which was with Alvaro who, an, from Spain, from Madrid, who was a fascinating person to listen to, all about how he overcame his stuttering. Stuttering is a kind of a, how do I describe it? It's, it's something that affects the way you speak, and it can cause people to sort of sort of repeat certain syllables and causes them problems in getting the words out um a stutter um so alvaro has a stutter but he overcame it and also has learned english to a good degree and lived in in i think in scotland or ireland uh, but anyway very interesting conversation also you must listen to episode 86 which is the ricky sandy show and that's ricardo from spain do you remember the funny recording that Ricardo sent to me? Um, on that point, actually, listeners, another thing I must say, just so many things have been going on recently, it's hard to contain them all in my head and remember them all and tell them to you, even keep notes of them all. But Ricardo recorded a full-length Ricky Sandy show, um, and it, it's it's up on YouTube. I put it on a listener's page on my website. Um you may have heard me talking about this idea of creating a listener's page. Well, I've done it. Uh, if you go to my website, where do you find it? Let's see. Hold on a minute. I'm just going on to my website now, teacherluke.co.uk. Which sometimes, it, it, sometimes the website, you need to give it a second shot. If, 
you 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 load the website and and your browser might go sorry no i can't load this website and then just load it again and it's fine okay so if it doesn't load first time it will load the second time i promise i think for most of you it's fine anyway on my website in the menu where's the yes uh hover your uh mouse over uh episodes in the menu and then at the bottom it says listeners page click on the listeners page and you'll find a few different things that some listeners have sent to me um, and I, I suggested that they do that um, in the Whisper Lip series. These are people who I feel had things to say, and I, I, I invited them to send me their recordings as YouTube videos. Uh, and I've shared them on the listeners page. So check out the listeners page. There is a full Ricky Sandy show, which is basically his interview with me. But what he's done is he's taken samples of me speaking from various episodes of uh, this podcast and he's kind of simulated a conversation with me and it's very funny so i do suggest you check that one out the luke thompson interview there's also miriam from italy who um shared various stories including stories about um uh, living in cambridge for a while and some of the things that happened to her there. There's uh, Nick, uh, who is presenting himself as a as a tutor on italki. And don't forget Zdenek's English podcast as well. Um, Zdenek is still going with his podcast, as, as I'm sure many of you are aware. But do check out Zdenek's English podcast. He's now up to episode 345, although I think he's probably recorded more than that. But officially 345 episodes. He continues to to have conversations with interesting people and do different sort of um, different experiments in on his podcast. And then, of course, My Fluent Podcast by Daniel Goodson, um, and more stuff on, on the listeners page. So do check that out. Okay. So where was I? Um, yes, my fluent podcast, have a look at it, check it out, see if you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. I've just mentioned him, but I'm going to mention him again. Uh, Zdenek Lucas, uh, who is always working on something. Uh, Zdenek is still doing his podcast, as I said, but also these days he's managing a discord server. Um, on you know on discord um, so he set up this server on discord for learners and teachers of english it's a community it's called learn english online now it's a little bit difficult to find because there are quite a lot of servers on discord with similar titles but learn english online it's got the icon of a globe is it a globe it's got a picture of a globe as its icon um, maybe the best way for you to find this is if I just provide a link on the page for this episode, which I will do. Okay. But otherwise, uh, go to Discord and search for um, Learn English Online. And there's a little globe icon. It's like actually a hand holding a globe. But otherwise, just click the link that you'll find on the page for this episode. Um so this is a place where you can do loads of things from just social networking with other learners, including plenty of Lepsters, and also conversation groups. Um, you can do voice and video calls through Discord, um, board game sessions and more. So it's a place where learners and in fact teachers can mingle and share thoughts, ideas and make friends. So go and check it out. Um, okay. Um, now, if you do find it, um, you must make sure that you read the welcome page 
before you are accepted into the uh, server, into the group. So just read the welcome page and click the green arrow to confirm that you've read the welcome page because there are certain rules and regulations that have been put in place to make sure that the group works effectively and that everyone uh, abides by the rules and that it's a nice, good, proper functioning community. Okay, so read the welcome page before you are accepted. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Zdenek is doing a good job of keeping everything shipshape uh, there. So check it out. Learn English online on Discord. I'll add a link on the page uh, for this episode. But that is it for this episode. I sincerely hope you've enjoyed it. If you're watching on YouTube, because there is a text video version of this episode on YouTube, please do hit the like button using any verb that you prefer. You can click it, tap it, nudge it, hit it, smack it, smash it, or completely obliterate it. It's up to you, but do just click the like button. Um, Please do like and subscribe. It helps the podcast get noticed by the mysterious YouTube algorithm. Um, Do I need to mention LEP Premium again? Well, need to? Yes, I do need to because it helps me put food on the table. So basically, check out LEP Premium, teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info. It's not just putting food on the table. It's also a chance for me to do, you know, the other thing that I do, which is not just talking to you, but actually teaching you stuff. So I focus on grammar, vocabulary and pronunciation in those episodes. LEP Premium, teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info. Also, the Luke's English Podcast app in the App Store. Search your App Store for the Luke's English Podcast app. Um, It is your home for Luke's English Podcast on your phone. And all of the episodes are there. If you're you're um, an Apple Podcasts user, you don't have all the episodes in the Apple Podcasts app. But you do in the Luke's English Podcast app. Oh, yes. Plus loads of extra stuff that you can't find anywhere else. All right, so search the App Store for Luke's English Podcast app. But otherwise, have a lovely day or night or morning or evening or whatever time of day it is. I hope that it's just fairly nice for you. Uh, Be excellent to each other and take the best of care. And I will speak to you next time. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, 
you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.